Hello, hello. How are you all out there? Um, thank you all for joining us again. Welcome to LatinxYC, where we discuss all the good things, the bad and the ugly of US politics from a Latino, Latina, and Latinx. As you can see today, my co, my dear compañera, the guerra de la Lenny, not here with me. She's currently filming an ad that is talking to an Spanish speaking audience, so she couldn't join us today. Tomás uh, is the founder of Mora Studio, a cross cultural advertising agency that works with progressive political campaigns, organizations, and advocacy initiatives to engage with the Latino audiences how they deserve, which is being authentic and caring well. And I am Cecilia with both I'm an immigrant from Guatemala, um, an American environmental and social justice practitioner and community leader, also working in India. So I am very excited because even though Pam is not telling me today, I have two wonderful guests that have we've been trying to get on board for a little bit and we finally send us peace So these are two co-founders of a wonderful organization in Western Massachusetts called Latinas 413. So I have Tania Romero. Hello, Tania. How are you doing? Hi, everyone. I'm doing great. Thank you for your invitation. <laughs> So Tanya is a resident um, of Pittsfield and a native of Ecuador, uh, co-founder as a set of Latina 413. Um, she holds a bachelor's uh, in science in biology with a concentration in pre-medicine from Massachusetts College of Liberal Arts. She has done a lot of volunteers right now. She's, uh, she's a volunteer, a medical assistant volunteer for volunteers in medicine and is working to get back to school to continue her career in medicine. She's mentored a lot of students uh, from STEM and science students for Berkshire Community College and has served as an, in the alumni, as an alumni member of the alumni board. And currently she works as a quality assurance specialist. Um, so once again, thank you, Tania. And our next guest is also a co-founder of Latina 413, um, Catherine Chacon. Catherine is born in Colombia, settled in Lee. Um, when she was about 15 years old, came along with her parents and sister. She is also an alum of Berkshire Community College, holds a bachelor's and a master's degree in accounting from the University of Massachusetts. And you're probably all wondering, hi, Catherine, how are you doing? Hi, hi, everybody. Thanks for the invitation. <laughs> yes, and we um, wanted to connect with Catherine and with Tanya because they are being doing a lot of wonderful work um, with Latina with women or uh, femme identifying folks in the Berkshires and Latina 413 is a non-profit organization dedicated to gaining the collective power of the Latinx community and expanding their social and economic capital across Berkshire County. So nice. thank you both very much for joining us. They're here today to talk with me about obviously what we've been talking which is that the midterm elections but because they do such an engaging work with communities and with immigrant communities we wanted to 
talk with them about whether what was their thoughts, their insight on um, whether all immigrants, whether they can vote or not, should participate civically. How could they organize? How could they get involved? If they can vote and if they cannot vote. So I'm going to give us just a quick couple of pointers before I let them both come and talk and, and you know share with us their great insight. But like we know that we have 62 million um, the Hispanic population, like by the way the census identifies it in the United States as of 2020. From those 62 million, it's expected that 35 million will be eligible to vote this November. And only 40% of them has showed up to vote. So they expect about 14 million Latinos to vote. And from those 14 million, there is about 2 million uh, who have become new voters, young voters, turn 18 since 2020. So from those 14, you have a lot of young voters probably in the same age gap, like between 18 and 29 years old that you both find yourselves. So, but I, I give you these numbers because there is a lot of us here. We're the second largest like ethnic minority group in the United States. And only 14 of us are showing up to elections. And Even if just even if almost half of those 62 million are eligible to vote, that doesn't mean that the other people don't have a status that would eventually allow them to vote. So I want to open the floor to ask um, your initial, you know, your, your thoughts, your opinion about how has it been for both of you as members of the immigrant community? Uh, lideresas leaders of your community a community that is pretty white rural um, so tell me a little bit of how your experience has been how did you decide to become engaged in civic participation organizing participation wow okay I, I can go okay. <laughs> Uh, I think there's a lot, a lot to cover. Um, but I think from me, from from my side, I became involved because I think I will have never been involved if it didn't like really like came across different issues in my family, my community. But I think we made that decision once it hits home. You know, we're like, okay, we have a voice. We have to do something. We have to get involved. And I think no matter what the status of you, if you're a citizen or not, in a way, we, I think we're all involved in the making of the country, the nation, our communities. And all those decisions that they're being that are being done in Washington, D.C., in, in a way or another, affects us. So I think no matter what, like, we should participate we should get to know the community um and be involved because it's affecting and yeah like we saw you know like the last four years what happened so it's just a wake-up call for everybody right um i agree with tanya i would say for me 
I would say when I when I arrived to this country, the system is very different, right? So it's getting adjusted. The first time that I saw how the system works here in the United States was um, when I took um, a class in high school. So I came here um, right, ninth grade, and um, that's when I saw a little bit of what it is, and I saw how complex it was, and I was like, wow, it's um. It, it, it's very complex and it's many layers of uh, of having a president or having a senator's house, everything. And um, from there, I was like, oh, this, it scared me a little bit. I'm like, I'm not even going to touch this. Then um, I go to school, I go through the systems, I go through, um, I, I go to Boston to learn a little bit more. And there is a, there is a program there called Amplify Latinx. Then I started to hear more, a little bit about getting involved. Um, then I come back here to the Birches recently, in 2020, the pandemic hit. And, and then I see how important it is to voice your concerns, how important it is to represent your culture, how important it is to be on the table, to, make, to, to change things. Um, and I'm not, uh, I'm not a citizen, I'm, I'm actually a DACA recipient, so um, this hits very close to my heart because um, uh, while, while I'm a taxpayer, I work, while I, um, I live here for more, more than 16 years, I cannot participate in, um, in voting for who I want as a representative. But there are ways to make a, a change and there are ways to to voice your opinion and I have find that it is so important to do that um, even the little thing as to um, talk about a topic and voicing what your opinion is it's just it, it's just gonna go across so many layers and it's so important um, but yeah I hope that answers your question <laughs> you know, yes of course and, and you know more than a question like I appreciate you both sharing your your personal stories and also super aware that <clears throat> many of us myself included might find ourselves sometimes in situations in which we have mixed statuses in our families right, right. and that just means that people are in different points along the journey in the spectrum to becoming a citizen um they uh, you know, these are very neutral <laughs> from my perspective. They're just stages in the process. Um, very few people um, understand the immigration process and that is a political process. So mm -hmm. from your experience, do you think that has it been your experience that other members of your community, your friends, your friends in high school, other Latinos who have been born in the United States, are as interested in civic participation as you might find yourself at this stage in your life? I think not as much as as they should, as we should. Um, I, I just see that if something is not directly affecting you, a lot of times you don't take action. So a lot of like these immigrant issues or a lot of these um, issues that only affect the immigrant community are not seen uh, in the other side of the spectrum, right? Like um, a lot of um, people that I went to school with or uh, people that were born here, they don't understand that it's a privilege to have a license and drive here in Massachusetts or little things like that that affect your daily life. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what I can say is, uh, <laughs> so I I'm able to vote, and when I had the privilege, I just didn't get involved in any civic anything. Um, but eventually, like you know, I saw what was happening around me, and I started going to like these different meetings. Um, that they were doing, uh, like just getting to know our representatives, like listening to what they were offering, what they want to work for our community. Um, So I kind of got involved a little more in, in like from that side. And back in Ecuador, it was kind of the law, like you had to go and vote. Like if you had to do any paperwork, you were supposed to go. So I kind of like it here in the U.S., like it was flexible. If you want, you can go and vote. It was saying like something that you had to go and do it. So I kind of like, I think took it that way when I just started. But as I started learning, I saw like different issues, things that were happening, people that were having a hard time. Mm-hmm. And just like the whole government was just a whole, I think it was, it was chaotic. <laughs> so I became more involved and I was like, okay, this is something that, you know, I'm part of this, part of the, the community uh, and in a way it affects the government so if we don't communicate those needs if we don't communicate um, what we want to see changes uh, it's not going to happen so I started like you know voicing that and like talking with friends like we'll get together in coffee and like just talk about it like hey what do you think Uh, just little things like that I think made us more aware and more involved um, to be like more active that way right and I and I think it takes time right like it depends on when you arrive to the United States right if you arrive here as a kid you get a chance to learn the systems you get a chance to see a little bit more before you get to vote Um, if you come here when you're older you're still so involved in the politics of your own country that even if you're here for 16 20 years um, even you you're, you're more interested in what's happening back home than in what's happening here. And a lot of times I hear people talking about this president and that president and how this president in Colombia or Ecuador or Mexico or whatever, they're doing so great things. And then I'm like, but how, how involved are you in the elections here? Uh, how, how involved are you? How, how much do you know about what's happening in where you have been living for the past decade? And a lot of people are like, oh, I don't know. I don't, I don't really know much about it um, uh, they, they are unsure of what's happening here but it, it affects them directly and I know that we, we all have family back home but um, we, we should be taking a look at what's happening where you live and yeah Tanya just remind me of that because I, I hear that all the time and like, it just makes me laugh and I mean like right now the huge deal is like you know uh, question four and that's something that uh, I saw that happen with my mom when she arrived here. You know, she she was undocumented and she just wasn't able to drive a car. Uh, she could, but she decided not to because you know they were like, oh, they're gonna deport you, or you're gonna go to jail, all those things. And she was like, I'm not doing that. Like I'll, I'll walk home during winter times. I saw her walking home, walking to work. It was just you know like just seeing that and. And I don't know why Massachusetts doesn't open that up for everybody. 
and I see like so many friends that come from other countries like with a visa or refugees and somehow they have that accessibility they can do it they make it happen for them and yeah it just breaks my heart so I hope um, well we're trying to create awareness that that Massachusetts also needs to you know learn about their community the people that are living here in in a way helping boost the economy Right. So let me that. just frame it a little bit for our listeners. We are in Massachusetts, and yeah. Massachusetts. So Massachusetts is a state that does not offer driver's licenses to every person who is a resident of the state of Massachusetts. Not the same thing as being a permanent resident of the United States. So if you are a resident in Massachusetts, uh, you need to have kind of like a an. Uh, a couple of like uh, immigrant statuses in which being naturalized, being a permanent resident, having refugee status or asylum status. Mm-hmm. But there is, but not everyone who is sometimes there is people who are in other statuses or are undocumented who do not have access to a driver's license, which will make it safe. It's proven that it makes it safer for everyone on the road because everyone can have go through the exams, comply with legis- with law buy insurance and be protected you know buy a car register a car so and and especially in places that's huge for the 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 state you know that's things that hello (laughs) so so massachusetts has been putting together legislation for a while i think it was approved by it was approved and the governor vetoed it it got approved again with a super majority through the congress of the state and somehow a group has managed to place a petition in the ballot for the upcoming elections so residents of massachusetts when they go to vote in the midterm for our senators and our state representatives and which is a lot of what happens in these midterm elections we're not voting for president they're going to find themselves with this question which is question number four Catherine, maybe you can show us the little right. flyer yes so yes so i think um I found this uh, when I heard that it was being going to be placed when I saw a sample a couple of months ago of what I was going to find in my ballot it only had three questions but now there is a fourth like even if you go and try to find out you know how there is a lot of applications in which you can kind of as a voter find out what is going to be in your ballot so you can do your research if you know or educate yourself now there is this fourth so Obviously, this is something that, as you were both saying, we tend to get involved once it becomes a little more closer at home, right? More right. personal. What are some of the things that are motivating you right now to, to ask your community, to ask those people who do have the power to go to the ballot box to do this? What are some of the... Share with us why this is so important for the two of you. It just... For me, it just brings me back when I didn't have a license. Um, I I was trying to go to college, right? I was trying to go to BCC and I didn't have a license. And it just takes me almost two hours to go to college. Yeah, like from, I, I was living in Lee, Massachusetts. And 
to go to go to BCC in a bus, you have to first. I had to first walk 20 minutes to the bus station. It doesn't matter if it's raining, snowing, anything, with a big backpack of these humongous accounting books. And then um, from there, you have to take a bus to the Pittsfield um, Intermodal Center, uh, which that take like 30. 30, 40 minutes. And then from there, you have to wait until the bus to BCC will get there. So it takes a long time to accomplish something that I wanted to do so bad, right? And then then when I see my sister doing the same thing, I was like, this can't happen. I'm, let's, let's go together. So I'm risking being pulled, being pulled up for, by a police asking me about all this. And it, it's just a risk that it's not, it's not worth it for the people that are living here that are trying to move ahead, that are trying to do their best, that don't want to break any laws. They don't want to break any laws. They want to take their kids to school. They want to go to their medical appointments. And we're living in Berkshire County. There is no, the bus here is not good. When I was living in Boston, okay, you don't really need a car there. But here you need a car to go grocery shopping, to do the basic stuff that a human being needs to do. So it's it's so important and while i have a, i have the privilege to have a license right now i understand why why it's so important for the families that don't have a license and for families that are, are just trying to do the bare minimum they they sometimes even to go get a medicine is like how how do you get to the pharmacy it's far it it gets freezing during during winter time so there are, there are many, many reasons. And on the, on the opposite side, like if you are a driver on the road you, you want, and you get into an accident, you want to make sure that the car that, that you had the accident with has insurance or that knows what's going on. So I don't see any bad side on this question, on, on approving this law, uh, personally. I mean, like, you know, New York, Connecticut is accessible. So, of course, you know, there's ways people can go to those estates and get it. But where is the money going, you know? It's going to those estates. So, in a way, I think Massachusetts is a loss. <laughs> it's a big loss. Um, but, of, like, you know, we also care about the safety, um, having people. Okay, I'll take the bus, you know, but what if I have to take a class at night? Yeah. You know? late at night um, you know we're in Berkshire yeah. County of course it's the kind of fire but you also have you know things that happen um, so yeah this, this is um, this is an issue that really melts into what it means to have access to justice to like public transportation that is reliable right yes. like we want our workers and our place what does that mean and like also Berkshire County, for those who are not familiar with Massachusetts, is the largest county on the state. It covers mm -hmm. from Vermont to Connecticut and New York. It's enormous. It's the least popular state. So sometimes I think it's been left out a little bit, but mm -hmm. it's, an, it's a county that also... Um, so the, the, that the citizens of Berkshire County or the citizens of any rural area deserve the same services as someone in the city. Obviously, right. people in the city maybe may have more access to um, buses or the T or public transportation, but this is still not always reliable. I mean, traffic, <laughs> the bus might not always run on time, right? right? So if you are stuck on right, so like you're bleeding into 
people trying to make sure they can have a life in which they can provide for their families, they can do their basic, cover their basic needs. And also, so these are like great examples of what voting means, right? Like you, I think sometimes, and correct me if you think, I'm just talking out of the wazoo. <laughs> like I think politics in our own country sometimes tend to have very different colors and people find that politics are dirty. Yes. And Clem and I have a lot of time yes. talked about this and we say like, oh, politicians are dirty. And we forget that politicians are public servants, that they are here to serve us to represent us. So even when we send a representative, and that's what they are called here, a representative to the state senate, we expect that they will, that we will have access to them back in their districts, but also that they will hear what the needs of the population that they serve are. Right. And I think that Berkshire County has had senators that have fought really hard for this yes. legislation to pass, and it has passed the Senate. What do we need as citizens? What is like basic examples of what we say to our communities? This is just a very simple example, very tangible, very important to the both of you. But what are some of the ideas that you think have worked to mobilize people? Because do you feel that politicians are thinking of you? Are they reaching out to the community? Do you think that Advocacy groups are communic. What what is it that we're? What is the the breaking communication? Why is not why is not transmitted? How urgent these needs are. This is just a simple example. Like this is a concrete example. I think a lot of people, like you know, in a way that if they came in to this country and somehow we have family that are undocumented or not. Um, they like we kind of close our doors with a, uh, like being afraid that oh they may do something to them like I shouldn't open up I shouldn't like talk with with people about it and I think that may be a fear that's being created in in our families because um, I remember with my mom I used to be like even going to college it's like don't tell them like if they ask you just say I don't know you know things like that and and I think, like, just trying to be involved in all this politics. Um, I feel like I've, I've never been reached out by any advocacy group. I will, I think when I was at BCC, there was a group, but I had no idea. Mm -hmm. I kind of had to go on my own to find out, like, okay, who are my representatives? What do they stand for? Um, just to find out like, okay, uh, do I want to vote for them? And so learn more about it. And I think maybe that's something like we as citizens of this community um, have the access to reach out to those representatives and question them, you know? Mm -hmm. Do you really stand for, for us? Do you represent us? Uh, and how are you representing us? I think those are questions that need to be addressed and things that need to be conversations that need to happen and I don't think all of us have opened up to do that. Mm -hmm. I agree with Tanya. It has to, it has to do with the individual. Um, so the representatives start reaching out to us and groups because they know that if reaching out to a group they're going to make yes. a bigger in impact right they're not going to reach out to each individual because they don't have the time or the resources so if 
I feel the disconnect comes if you're not interested about the topic, if you, if you are not invested, if you don't know what's happening. It's gonna it's gonna be a little bit hard unless somebody talks to you about it. So that's that's when we need to start talking to people and make sure those people are talking to others. So the network starts communicating. Um, yeah. So, but it just starts with the person, and it also goes back to how is this law or the lack of thereof affecting you, right? So if it's not affecting you or your community, a lot of times we're just standing by and. Uh, a lot of like these these laws or resources that affect the minorities. It's just it's just so hard sometimes to get uh, a lot of times Republicans to see the other side or to understand what, what what's happening. So I think that's kind of the disconnect from my perspective. Uh, I'm sure there are many other systematic problems in the system, but that's the top. What of are it. some of the what are some of the things that, as you all have seen, I follow Latinas413 on Instagram and social media, and Yay. I've seen that um, this has been, um, been on your radar mm -hmm. since, this, uh, since it became uh, clear that this petition was going to be part of the ballot. Mm -hmm. um, what are some of the things that um, have worked um, for for your outreach? What are some of the things that as community leaders you think um, feel like little successes, little wins every day? Because I think there's a lot of things that are not going in this world. And what are some of the things that you celebrate? That the two of you feel like, I feel really proud of Um, I will say that with the yes on four, um, the outreach we did during the Festival Latino was was really powerful because uh, we gave information to a lot of people that didn't know that this was happening. People that thought there was that the law already passed and that they were going to have licenses by uh, um, June, July, twenty twenty three. So. Get, letting them know what's going on and making sure that they know and that they can also take action not just okay you know but you also can take action you you must know one or two or ten citizens that can vote so make sure you are telling them that this affects you or affects your family how how make sure you go and vote i would say like on the yes on four part that was i would say that was one of our uh little victories <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. And even people like questioning, like, oh, like, you know, some people that didn't even know that that was a thing or they never came across those news that were going to happen. Uh, just asking, like, OK, what is that? Like, they didn't they weren't aware. <laughs> um, and the, those were potential voters. Um, so just creating those awareness, I think, sharing with the community. Because I also had that idea. I'm like, oh, OK, yeah, it's, it's legit. It's happening. And then they broke those news. I'm like, whoa, wow. Okay, we have to do something. Right. And then um, I feel like aside from like yes on four, 
just making sure that uh, that people in Berkshire County know that there is a big population of Latinos and a population that wants to do their work and wants to succeed here. Um, so I think that's also important. And most like most people here in Massachusetts, I've seen people that are very welcoming and 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 they. They, they cheer the immigrant community and they, they approve of everything that's been done. And uh, it, it just makes you feel feel good and appreciative. And every time somebody does something great, uh, we just, we, we're very happy. We post it on, on Facebook, post it on Instagram. Anybody that does something in the community that we feel uh, is, is making a difference is just, that, that's, that's the story we want to tell and that's the story that, that happens. Most of us wants to, want to be here to, to succeed one way or another. Yeah. What do you think is the effort, um, campaigns, um, elect, if you think beyond Massachusetts, think as a Latino in the United States, as a Latina, as a person, Latinx, are, you know, you both have gone beyond the community college and studied in other larger universities you've obviously have classmates from many other places and met immigrants from many other places are we knowledgeable enough even at college i always tell clem that it's taking me having a lot of these conversations to really begin to understand who has impact over my life like understanding the role of the local government you know my my g my general attorney my sheriff my uh, mayor and then there's the state legislation and what happens within my state i also live in massachusetts but then there's the federal work and what has happened i think we sometimes feel a little overwhelmed mm -hmm. I know I feel a little <laughs> overwhelmed about like it required like I had to go about in the primaries a couple of months ago and I had to spend a lot of time mm -hmm. doing some research for me some of the issues that were important was like I want climate like I'm an environmentalist that's my training I'm a scientist I stress a lot about what is happening with this world it scares me i feel like we're reaching we have little time and so what are some of the issues that you find yourself uh, in your conversations with friends with colleagues with community that are important for for latinas for women i think we need a uh, a woman that will represent us Maybe a Latina woman seated in there, you know, like, yeah, she speaks my language. Uh, that would be huge. Uh, but I think touching in what you mentioned about colleges, uh, I was at, least at UMass for a year. And I did see, like, you know, they're more diverse and they were more open to provide more information on politics. Than, like I was at MCLA, BCC, I didn't see that much. I don't know if it was because a lot of students weren't like involved mm -hmm. with the politics like that way, but I did saw at UMass, like the bigger colleges, they seem to promote more, um, op are more open to those conversations. I think like, for example, BCC is a more non-traditional college, so a lot of people have their their jobs and stuff like that. I mean, I, I did also see same very 
very similar perspective um, at UMass you will see a lot of people uh, a lot of groups riling up for all of this um, a little bit more and maybe you will see a little bit more because you will have more um, exposure there um, but I will say like some of the topics that are important for Latinos are uh, or for Latinas I would say like like reproductive rights I think that's one of the, the ones that are so important um, and also Latinos are opening so many businesses so we we also want to take a look on the other side uh, we we want to open that door to the businesses and using the same rules that the rich are playing the game with so also that's something important that a lot of latinos are getting into it right now and it's so so important how to open a business how to get all these deductions that the rich are getting and we are not um what else um, uh, environmental is so important as well you you might think maybe the older generation might not be as as um as i don't know like as involved in this but their kids are making the young the, the older generation take a look at what's happening like why why are you doing this this way why aren't you doing that uh, how this is affecting the environment and yeah it makes you think sometimes i see my, my nieces and they, they bring stuff from school and it's, they're also teaching you right um yeah, and that's, 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 that's our job. The younger generation see things in a different way. And uh, we also have to, to open our eyes because that's the world we're giving them. That's also so important. So, you know, and as we, um, um, you know, get into our last minutes in our conversations, just thinking about <clears throat> some of the myths and things that sometimes are... Um, spread through media and I think that Latinos and the Latino community especially those who you know are, are subjected to a lot of disinformation and misinformation they um, I think that one of the big issues that has come up with like given undocumented or people with different uh, immigrant statuses and access to a license for example is this idea that they will go and commit voter fraud. We know the data shows that voter fraud in the United States is really, really minimal, that a lot of people, that it's not a thing. Mm -hmm. We know that um, I come from a place, I grew up under dictatorship in Guatemala, and I know what, like, I've seen fraud, I've seen people pay for votes. I think I've experienced in other places in Latin America those issues. Those are issues that I've never experienced here. I know that the data says to me that they don't happen. Why do you think, what can we do to have, to help our community not fall to kind of dismiss? Because those are things that sometimes we hear in our WhatsApp groups from our tíos, vecinos, el mejor amigo. It gets distributed that way right. because we always have like fulanito dice and fulanito hizo and si fulanito puede, yo también puedo. But like what we, you know, Tanya, you're saying like a lot of us just don't share information. We're yeah. kind of, we don't share accurate information because we have lived in fear for a long time. Right. So right. how do we help our community? How do we, like what I want to take this last minute to think about is like to brainstorm with all of you is just you came up with this organization 
who is led by six women of seven. different nationalities, seven, yeah. in, in the Berkshire County. It's very innovative. It covers from arts to financial um, mentorship, you, yeah, community, you're, you haven't, you, and the array of things from books, education, um, mental health, other things. You guys, that, yeah, arts, <laughs> you know, lab. many, many things. What can we do? to little things. I know sometimes we feel like there is nothing we can do as individuals. You have decided to join collectively. And Catherine, when I was reading your information, you were like, you feel that you don't have to go at this alone. You have mentors, you have a team, you have community. What can we do to, what, what you know, to, to fight that disinformation, to, mm -hmm to con communicate with other generations above us or below us, those ahead of, you know, our ancestors, like those who will be our ancestors or those like who will be our legacy about how can we, what is important to civically participate in this country? Why is it important to educate ourselves? How do we fight some of these myths? What do you think? Right. I think so. The first thing that we can do each individual is don't share things that you haven't taken a look at. You haven't like do some, done some research and see what the what the source is. Because if you are just clicking share and you just share it to everybody and you don't know if this is true or not, you're just ex you're just extending the bad knowledge, and that's not that's not something we want to do. Um, what we do a lot in our uh, Latinas for One Tree group is if we see something that's in English that affects the community, we translate it and make sure that it's a known, it's a known fact for the Latino community that don't, doesn't speak um, English. Um, yeah, like, and sometimes we also have a WhatsApp group and we've seen some bad information. So we sometimes, uh, the, one of the seven of us were like, oh, this is not true. We're going to delete it. And we, we tell the, the group this is, this has not been proven or this is not, a, this, this is not, this doesn't show in our research. So those things are very important. And sometimes if I hear my mom or my dad saying, oh, I heard about this and that, I'm like, okay, let's, Let's take it back. Let's do some research. I'll show them. Um, this is what is actually happening. And uh, yeah, let's not spread that bad information. Uh, let's make sure that we take, let's take some time to understand also the system where we're living. And I know, I know it's complicated. I know it's tedious, but it's also the place we live. And it's important to participate. And you know, I, I cannot vote. I cannot do any of these that I, I wish I could. But like my mom is a citizen, my sister is a citizen. So I can tell them my, my sister's um, husband's family, they're all from here. So I can tell them here, this is important for me. This is why it's important for me. And then they make a choice whether to support me or not. Chances are they will. Um, but yeah, so chair petitions, um, join organizations, campaigns that, that, that you like, organize events. Uh, I don't know, there are so many ways to participate and to make a difference that maybe if it's you think oh it's just one person it's not going to make a difference and that's that's how, that's the thought that many people have and that's why oh, i'm not going to vote because it's just a vote but no it does have a snowball effect so uh, think about that and make sure that you're doing as much as you can with the time that you have 
And I think too, like, if there's something that, you know, like you, you don't know, but you're like, oh, I shouldn't ask. It may be like a stupid question. No ask you yeah. know there's there may be like 10 people that were also questioning the same thing and you're just gonna help you know share the knowledge with all the group of people and be more involved i think um that's the thing that like of course you know we're i think our communities are huge um participants in our own like religion we're very like, our roots are so deep, deep uh, focused on religion. And I think those may be like places that, you know, you can start your conversation, what's affecting you, you know, like driving, that's a huge deal. There's many people that share the same thing, like share those ideas. Um, and like you said, like, yeah, you'll come up like two or three, you know, they'll make a difference. Go look for help, ask, um, question things that you know they don't feel right to you to the community that you leave your family uh question that um don't 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 turn a blind eye on things that maybe crucial you know you need to be addressed right and I, another thing that i want to tell sometimes what we hear is the opinion of somebody and that might not be your opinion so you have to see both sides so what's the oh, i like to i like the ballot questions because they say okay this is um this is why you should vote yes this is why the the opposition and then the i don't remember the other one um but yeah so so you can see uh, what position to take right your own personal perspective on how this issue affects you right not just um whatever my mom told me whatever my my tío told me no just you you have your own opinion you need to you need to make sure that it's boys uh, as a woman you need to make sure that your opinion is counted uh, there, like women just started voting very recently, so make sure, recently. Yeah, so make sure that your vote is is there. And and um, I was just thinking also like to what you were saying about people fearing that um, the people with licenses will vote. It's just funny because like I have a license and I'm not gonna vote. If I vote, I can never <laughs> be a, a citizen. There are only a few local that you can that as a non-citizen you can vote and uh, an undocumented person or a person that um that that is not a citizen it's not gonna risk it it's not gonna do that they have a lot to lose so also for the people that live here that are citizens that were born here do, do you do a little research and understand how that works um and don't be afraid of what the opposition is saying do do your own research for for everybody anybody it's so important yeah well thank you both very much for um definitely sharing your thoughts your advocacy your work for the work that you have been doing in the community uh I was a I was a student at BCC. I came to the Berkshires when I first came to the United States. I lived there for a long time. I always would think of it as my my home away from Guatemala, like my home in the United States is probably gonna be in the I always think of the Berkshires, um, although I'm not there. Um, I I have community friends and deep roots there. I I appreciate it was very different when I came back but I came 25 years ago it was very very even there was like I don't know 50 Latino communities was probably a lot um, it's always been very diverse in immigrations is one of the most diverse immigrant counties of the state right. 
It has people from many, many places and countries. <laughs> it's also um, a place that um, it's it's surviving and in which the, the immigrant community and the Latino community does a lot of the, the hard work and participate actively. So I thank you both for all the work that you're doing and sus compañeras, sus yes. camaradas. And also um, thank you for sharing things that are important for the two of you at this moment. Mm -hmm. I know that different um, guests probably could have focused on education from what it means to have like students in public school. Others could have focused on like, um, you know, what access to, you know, reproductive health, mental health. You both have shared such a great example of why you shouldn't wait until it affects you personally to get involved, right? Because we never know when is the next time, when something, then, you know, when the next issue is going to be the one to really take your family and put it on their head. We have to care about what is affecting all our community so that we don't find ourselves in any of these situations, right? Like, we want to... And I always talk about like what does it mean to to always be trying to advocate for those who are most vulnerable right. and you know immigrants who are undocumented or women sometimes tend to be in those positions in which we are more vulnerable so thank you both very much for joining me today and please share with us some of your information for Latina 413 so people can go up and follow you both and learn a little bit more about what it's been doing and you can continue sharing it was your handles yeah sure um, so you can follow us uh, in Facebook Latinas 413 uh, you can just look for us no space Latinas 413 uh, same thing in Instagram we we have a lot of posts in the community. We have a lot of um, very interesting information as well. Uh, we've been doing a lot with arts, a lot with the community, uh, some financial information there as well. And um, yeah, giving you resources for the on the community. And a lot of the times we translate it in Spanish and we also have some information in English. If you want to promote your business, too, you know, we're well, welcome and <laughs> like, Yes. Send the information to us so we can share with the community and they can go visit, support you um, on your business. Yeah. And while our focus is um, women, we we know the women lead their, their family, so it's always family driven and everybody's welcome and your opinion is always welcome. Thank you. Thank you both very much. Thank and for so the Latinx who I see, you can follow us. You can always email Clem at Clemencia at Clem at LatinxYCPod.com. And you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok, which I don't have only one of them, <laughs> LatinxYCPod. And please um, send us your questions if there are topics out there that you will want us to have guests or to cover in, in the podcast. We uh, would love to hear from you. Leave us a review. Share it with your friends. And queridas, muchísimas gracias nuevamente por acompañarme. Ha sido un placer. Muchísimas gracias por el trabajo que hacen. Mm -hmm. Gracias. La próxima en español. <laughs> sí, claro que sí. <laughs> Feliz tarde. Gracias. Chao, everyone. Bye.